We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. My co-host Larry Gershman and I have a fabulous show for you this evening. Larry, who is our first guest tonight? Cynthia Hughes is a New Jersey mother, wife, and founder of a nonprofit organization called Patriot Freedom Project. Her efforts to support the January 6th community have not gone unnoticed. She's gained the support of influential figures such as President Donald Trump, Dinesh D'Souza, Steve Bannon, and Dr. Sebastian Gorka, among many more. Cynthia's strength stems not only from her connection with God, but also from her connection to the wives and children of those who are enduring political imprisonment in America. It's through this connection and sense of community that she's been able to raise over a million dollars and help countless families receive financial, emotional, and religious assistance. Cynthia has just come out with a new book titled Due Process Denied, the Detained, the Families, the Fallout that we'll be talking about tonight. And we're also fortunate to have with us Attorney Ed Martin. He's the president of the Eagle Forum Education and Legal Defense Fund and supports the J6 prisoners and their families. Welcome, Cynthia and Ed. Thank you for being on the show tonight. Thank you. It's Thank nice you to be with you. Me. You know, it's a very interesting position you both find yourself in, and we're fascinated to hear more about it. And, Cynthia, I understand your life was pretty normal prior to January 6, 2021, but after the event at the Capitol, everything changed. And, you know, a lot of people wonder how this transition occurred. What led you to take up the cause of uh, Americans who were imprisoned, and where has that, where has that journey taken you? Well, I, um, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Um, I, I got involved with this because I have a uh, family member that is caught up in this and, uh, he has been in jail, uh, languishing behind bars, celebrating his third birthday as of today, uh, since January 15th of 2021 on nonviolent charges. Um, so with him being incarcerated and me being a, a very strong person of action um, and teaming up with people like Ed Martin, um, it just made perfect sense to organize and, uh, you know, create a platform, uh, a safe place for family members that are caught up in this, you know, to go to. And, um, and Patriot Freedom Project was born because of that. Ed, how did you become involved with the J6 event in Washington, D.C.? Well, you know, first of all, I, I, I worked for many years with Phyllis Schlafly, the late Phyllis Schlafly, and she, she taught us um, to run towards 
the fight, especially when people were really left uh, behind. And after January 6th, it may be hard for our listeners to remember, um, people stepped away from the J6 uh, defendants and their families. They, they were, the media was so unfair and characterized what was a, you know, kind of a, a half a riot. Uh, they made it into an insurrection and they really tried to isolate people. And so I, I'm blessed to be an attorney, among other things, and I, I'm licensed in D.C., and so I stepped up and I actually represent on a legal team three of the defendants who are still in jail. And, uh, and then I got caught up in uh, what I call people, uh, I tell people, Cynthia Hughes uh, leadership uh, hurricane, which is to say <laughs> Cynthia's, been, Cynthia's been a master at saying to people, do you want to help? And you say yes. And then she says, good, here's 10 things to do. And, and uh, most of us do about half of the 10 well enough, but we keep going. And so I now... I'm on the board with Cynthia, and, you know, I, I tell people whether it's a Christmas party for families uh, and kids who are missing dad, which was, you know, a few months ago, or meeting last week with uh, President Trump and Cynthia and myself and President Trump, the three of us, for him to be briefed on uh, the legal case, the family members and all, um, you know, we, we're pleased that people, I think, are feeling better about January 6th. They're seeing about the lies. Um, and they're seeing that the truth is much more, uh, you know, much more, um, uh, I don't know what to say, kind of complicated. But I'll tell you, this family's still suffering. I was in the jail on Monday with one of my uh, defendants, and his kids are having a terrible time. He, I looked at him and I said, how, are, how is your wife? And he said, my wife is being destroyed every day, you know, by all this. So oh. the human cost of, of what is going on in our American legal system, the human cost is terrifying and we are doing radio interviews and talking like this to try to get people to continue to grow in their awareness of what's happening. You know, Ed, there's, there's a lot that people dispute about January 6th, but one thing I think that everyone agrees on is anybody in custody for, for the crimes they committed that day or that they're accused of committing that day should be treated well. And to that extent, yeah. it sounds like you and Cynthia um, are really on the front lines of making sure that everyone is protected and is well-fed and well-nourished and yeah. well-cared for. But I can imagine that you probably don't always see that, and you no doubt play a role in shining a spotlight where you don't. So those, if there are uh, those types of violations, that somebody rectifies that. Is that a part of what you're doing as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, and I would say, well, I'll let Cynthia comment in a second on the, on, she's kind of a, uh, almost a counselor to the defendants, the men in prison, because they rely on her judgment and she helps on that. And I, I would say oh, what you just mentioned is real, but I, I want to point something else out. In, in most of the jurisdictions in America, if you commit a violent crime, if you commit a murder or a rape, an assault, and none of the people who are, are being held were accused of any of those. I mean, it is true that some of the people are accused of hitting a cop or pushing a barricade into a cop. And Cynthia and I will say over and over again, she's married to a cop, and I come out of a law enforcement family. You hit a cop, you got a problem. But, but in most jurisdictions, if you commit a rape, you can get out of jail to be at home preparing your defense for the months and years. We have men that are sitting in jail on nonviolent charges for 30 months. They can't prepare their defense because they're in lockdown in a D.C. jail, and you say to yourself, why? And the answer is because the media and the Department of Justice and the judges all fall into this jive where they say it was an insurrection. We're so scared. It's so serious that we're going to violate what is 
the total norms of American due process. You're innocent until proven guilty. Nancy Pelosi's statement yesterday, hopefully it's because she's an ancient, addled, broken down uh, politician. But if she means it, and what she said last night was President Trump will have a chance to, you know, to prove his innocence. That's not how it works in America. And what we've seen, Wendy, is we turned it on its head. And we have men, and, and I got to tell you, most of them are veterans. Most of them are working guys. They're not, they, they didn't get the festers from the universities and sweep them up when they protested a judge at Stanford last week or when they pushed in the doors of the Tennessee legislature yesterday. These are working Americans, and they're, they're, frankly, they're rotting in jail, and they're suffering in jail in a way that is a kind of hell. And that America lets it happen is, a, is an, not an embarrassment. It's a breach of everything we are. So Cindy can comment on the specifics, but your listeners should know it is so deeply offensive that they're still holding these people. And half of the reason is because the prosecutors can't get their prosecution together. And that's even more of a reason to let them go home and put them on a monitor. Well, you take away their passport, but let them live their life limited until they can get their day in court. Ed, I 100% agree with what you're saying. And I have, we have a bunch more questions for you, uh, but before I, we, I don't want this to end without people knowing where, how they can contact you, where they could go. Uh, Cynthia, do you have a website that people should be aware of? Yes. So we, we have two websites. We have the main website, which is patriotfreedomproject.com. You can visit PatriotFreedomProject.com. You can learn everything that we're doing, where you can donate, how you can support. Um, we have a, a really great legal precedent page, um, and we have, you know, a connect with a one-sixer. There's a lot of very good information at PatriotFreedomProject.com. We now have another website up called DueProcessDenied.org. And on DueProcessDenied.org, you can learn about our book, Due Process Denied, The Detained, The Families, The Fallout, published by uh, Post Hill Press. Um, and you can also learn about our docuseries. And you can find our trailer there, and you can find, you know, ways to view part one. We just got done filming part two. Uh, we were in Florida, Ed and I, and we were with the families. And, um, and that's how that led us to having dinner with uh, President Trump. He's very gracious. Anybody that says President Trump does not support the families of January 6th is a liar. Yes. Um, I have been in communication with President Trump for more than a year now. Um, I assure you, he is very, very concerned for these families, for the children, for, you know, the people that are, you know, languishing, you know, behind bars. We talked about pardons. He knows not everybody can get a pardon. There are some people that went to the Capitol on January 6th that did do bad things. But that's not the majority. And, and even even those people, everybody deserves due process. Everybody deserves their day in court. And we're not seeing that in Trump world. We're not seeing that with a conservative people, with a Republican person. You're not seeing that with anybody that opposes this current administration and this current DOJ. We have a very failed judicial system. We have a very weaponized judicial system. We're seeing it in these trials. We're seeing it in the jurors. We're seeing it in D.C. residents who come in and are, you know, uh, selected to sit on these juries. And they're telling these judges, I know this. We, we went through this in our own trial with my own nephew. And I listened to these D.C. residents talk about how traumatized they were. 
and how they didn't know if they could do their civic duty. Thank you for everything you're you're, um, sharing and doing. We're at the end of the show, but I want to say this has been a fascinating segment, sort of shining a spotlight onto some of the work that you're doing. And um, we want to thank you for joining us and and sharing some of this. Thank you. To our listeners, we're going to take a short commercial break, but don't touch that dial. We have another amazing segment for you when we return. This is Today with Dr. Wendy. We will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and Larry Dershman and I are going to talk about the news of the day. Guess what the subject is? Drum roll. (laughs) That's right. We're going to talk about Donald Trump's indictment, which caught everyone by surprise on Thursday. Both sides of the aisle, people on both sides of the criminal justice system and in and out of Mar-a-Lago. Nobody thought this was actually coming. Remember, Larry, the the news of the day just hours earlier was that the grand jury was going to take a month long break. They'd be hitting listening to other cases as they did last week. And then bang, the hammer fell. But we aren't going to find out as much as we would like about the charges until next Tuesday, where we will officially have the big reveal at the arraignment. And, you know, to anybody who thinks it's going to be some salacious perp walk, actually, it's going to be a quietly negotiated surrender that's probably going to be very low key. He probably won't be outside at all. He'll be brought in the ways in which we bring people when there is public presence and potential issues with law enforcement wanting to keep everybody safe. So I don't know whether it's going to be the the sort of fanfare some people are expecting. Um, But Larry, were you surprised after all of the talk that we were having about, well, gosh, I guess this thing is going to drag on. The announcement's going to be deferred. And then wham, Thursday afternoon, there we have it. When I heard the news, I I was personally saddened. Uh, He is the first uh, president or former president, president or former president, to ever be accused of a crime. And what I worry about is the structure and uh, soundness of our republic. Uh, They're crossing new territory with this. And uh, when I speak, I'm speaking from my heart and from my opinion. I think it's a total witch hunt, which he's – that's – Trump's term. It's total, totally politically uh, political. And they're going against uh, somebody who's running for office uh, in 2024. And to me, it's political interference. They will stop at nothing to stop this man from becoming president again. That's my opinion. I was, I was hopeful that this wouldn't happen, but it happened. And so now we have to deal with what's next. Yeah, a couple of interesting um, factoids about this case. Um, a grand jury, typically 23 members, you only need a, a majority. It's not like a regular jury proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, this, you know, besides the standard of proof, uh, unanimity is not required. It's just a majority. And remember, it's also more one-sided, obviously, than a trial is. So very, very different. It's also true that an indictment is a charge. It's not a conviction. There's a long way between an indictment and a conviction. 
Uh, it's also interesting that some people don't recognize, and I don't know that this is going to be the case, but were Trump to be convicted, that's not a bar for him running for president or serving out a term. Now, depending on what Florida's laws are, he may not be able to vote for himself. (laughs) But if it's going to be that close anyway, I mean, I think he's got bigger problems than that. One thing is for sure, an indictment is never a good thing. So I know that the president has been very vocal. The ex-president has been very vocal about looking forward to these charges. I don't think anybody looks forward to being criminally indicted. Otherwise, we would probably not be seeing the the passion that we are uh, that is causing law enforcement to mobilize and coordinate the effort they're putting together to make sure that everyone is safe on Tuesday, that the former president and his team are safe, that the prosecutor's office is safe, that the people that come in support or or are, are anti-Trump, whatever their affiliation, we want this to be safe easy, low key. And then what's going to happen from then on, Larry, we're not going to jump to the merits of the case, but likely his defense team will do exactly what they said they're going to do. They're going to mount a series of legal, procedural, and very practical objections to the way this case was charged, whatever the charges end up being, how it was charged. And only then will they start moving this case through the system. We're going to finally move from the court of public opinion to a real court of law. The question for me, Wendy, is, uh, is the district attorney uh, Bragg, uh, Alvin Bragg, biased? Uh, I don't know if everybody knows this. In May of 2021, uh, financier George Soros pushed a million dollars to the Color of Change pack, which has turned around and spent big time on Bragg's candidacy to be a district attorney. Then the Soros family helped push the Manhattan DA Bragg into power. Jonathan Soros and his wife, Jennifer Allen Soros, directly contributed to Bragg's campaign to become DA of Manhattan. Then Alvin Bragg, the DA, while running for office to become the Manhattan DA, boasted about suing former President Donald Trump uh, in his 2021 campaign more than 100 times, including he bragged about forcing the Trump Foundation to pay $2 million to charities and to close down. So is this DA, is he going to be fair? Uh, I would say no, Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I always want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, and I always want to look, uh, I I always want to imagine that everybody is motivated by all the right reasons. And so that's going to be my position on this until I learn otherwise. And I think that's one of the reasons that people on both sides of this debate want to see the evidence. Show me the evidence. If there's a crime, it's going to be charged. And we often are, are fond of hearing this, this mantra that Donald Trump is not above the law. We also recognize he's not below the law. So everyone wants to make sure that everything is done fairly, as we do with any other high-profile defendant that's charged, where some might argue, well, is he only charged because of this other reason? Now, having said that, we're going to learn on Tuesday what the charges are, and we're going to learn a little bit more about the evidence. And one other thing that really is going to make this an, uh, an interesting first case, people say, oh, why is this one going first? This does not necessarily mean the dominoes are going to fall. And all of a sudden, we're now going to have the Jack Smith bringing charges in the Mar-a-Lago document retention case and Georgia indicting the, the president for interfering in the 2020 election. And we're not necessarily going to see any of that because, remember, those different jurisdictions are looking at different charges. They have different fact patterns. And there's nothing to say simply because the grand jury rendered an indictment here 
that that's going to govern what now goes on in other parts of the country. So there's just a lot of noise and narrative going on behind the scenes, and everybody wants to get to the bottom of it, including Trump's defense team. Uh, By the way, they are very vocal about their plans to really come at this case with all they've got and make sure that the evidence is there. And if it's not, they're going to do whatever they can to first knock down the charges and then dispute the merits of these allegations, which, by the way, Larry, involve intent. And we all know how hard that is to prove. We have to do it circumstantially. Right. How could anybody survive this, though, Wendy? Four simultaneous investigations, uh, one on the national level. That's the Department of Justice uh, appointed a special counsel to look at the two broad areas, the classified documents found in his Florida estate at Mar-a-Lago and uh, trying to find efforts that uh, he interfered with the 2020 election. Then we're going to New York State. Uh, this is a different one. The New York State Attorney General is behind a civil lawsuit alleging the Trump organization lied to lenders and insurers about its assets. Then we jump down to Georgia, the state of Georgia, the district attorney in Fulton County. Georgia uh, is, is considering charges surrounding his efforts uh up to possibly interfere in the election there. And then we jump to the one we're talking about, New York City, where they're this, uh, they're going back to this, uh, Stormy Daniels situation, the hush money. You know, her real name is Stephanie Clifford, by the way. Um, and she even claims in a written document that she didn't even know Trump. And then that's a signed document. So there's so much going on. I don't see, Wendy, how one person could take this much. And to me, I see a pattern. I don't know about you, and you don't have to agree with me, but I see a huge pattern to keep this guy out of office. Well, remember, my, my role is always the silver lining. It is, Wendy. So <laughs> I tend not to see patterns and gloom and doom and storm clouds rising. Instead, let me, and let me add some, um, some more interesting legal context to what you just said. It's true that this particular grand jury indictment involved a 2016 payment of hush money to Stormy Daniels, which wouldn't be a crime were it not misclassified, so go the allegations, as campaign funds or as legal fees. And that's part of the issue is, did he pay back Michael Cohen calling it legal fees when actually it was a campaign contribution? And so if you look at the fact that business fraud is uh, is being alleged, there are a lot of people that might be somewhat sympathetic to Donald Trump wanting to cover up an affair. I know, I understand that he denies it. But even the, even the allegation, um, wanting to cover it up. Now, obviously, nobody did a very good job of covering that up because all people talked about in 2016 was Stormy Daniels and then Karen McDougal, who we'll see if she's also involved in the, the payments in this particular case. So it leaked. It didn't work. But was that the intent back then? That's going to be one of the seminal questions as this moves forward. And you're right that it it sounds like an uphill battle with so many things brewing. But also remember, Donald Trump's entire career has been characterized by litigation. He sues. He is sued. He either is declaring bankruptcy or he's claiming that he's not bankrupt. He's buying, he's selling. So it's a very different dynamic that he's thrived in for so many years. I don't know whether it's a death knell for him. 
Yeah, I, I hope not. It, it better hadn't been. I think the country, this is my opinion, hangs in the balance of this. It's basically, are we going full-on socialist, or are we going to protect the republic that we have, a constitutional republic, where uh, we abide by the law? And I just see two systems of justice. You've got the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, they ignore that. They The FBI holds it and doesn't even allow it to be uh, seen by anybody. And and so I see two systems of justice, and if, whatever side you are on the political aisle, we should all be on board with this. We want fair and balanced. Uh, we want justice, a blind justice that applies it equally and to all. That's a great way to end the show. So you did my silver lining segment for me right there at the end. So you were right. We do want justice for all. I think that's a, a bipartisan passion. So. We want to thank you for joining us tonight. And we ended on a high note, believe it or not, considering the topic. We are wishing everybody a wonderful, safe weekend. Finally dry, no more rain. Please join us next week for more of Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. 